0: In the following live session recording, Linda Clark, Adult Field Strategist with National Women's Missionary Union, will lead Women Alive. This session is packed with ideas of how you can create interest in missions and sustain exciting women's missions events and activities. The listener will hear how to build healthy groups and motivate women to engage in lifelong missions journey. Leaders and members alike can work together to create experiences that appeal to women of all generations. Let's join Linda now.
1: When you get this little sheet, we'll just start four minutes early, sort of. When you get this, uh, there are some symbols and some pictures, uh, and I want you to choose a women's group, any kind of group that you're a member of and choose one of these symbols or pictures that you think best represents your group right now. Okay, you might have to choose two, but usually you can narrow it down to one. We'll talk about it
0: in a minute.
1: Well, what did you choose? I mean, do you mind sharing? What did you choose? What what symbol or picture did you choose? I chose the open door. Our okay. church is all about others and, and so we just our women on mission group is relatively new. We've just been one year. Um, and so we're just you know, just saying, you're welcome. We just welcome young, middle aged, older, uh-huh. you know. Okay. Unless you know you're a computer science group, you don't you don't say y'all come to that. Right. But, but the open door is, is, is what we want for our groups to, to be healthy to grow, right? What else did someone else put? Well, I, I
0: was looking at the open door, but I'm also looking at the circle with the hours. And I'm not sure exactly what that's supposed to represent unless you're going out and reaching out.
1: Right. right. And, and multiple directions. It could mean, in a, in a group setting, it could mean that you have options. Uh, that they could join, join your group and know that they're going to be doing a variety of things. Uh, or the reaching out that would certainly apply to well, anybody else. Choose anything different. Yes. Mission
0: projects or something. Yeah. Like right. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say we're
1: rest in peace yet, but we're definitely on life support. Okay. <laughs> we're not the flat line. Now, I, I did figure out what he meant by, you know, there's, there's a good, healthy lifeline there, you know, heartbeat, and then there's a flat line. I get that. I, I, I suggested the flat line. So I, I did that. But yeah, the rest in peace. I had a conference I did years ago called Lazarus Come Forth, and it was how to revitalize your women's group. Whatever it was. And, and I, had a, I had gotten a piece, of, something had been shipped to me, and there was a piece of styrofoam shaped that way. Perfect! So I painted it gray and carved the R.I.P. in it, and I, I used it as part of my display. But, uh, I, yeah, we, we, we all have been, or are, members of a group that is maybe not flatlined, but on life support. That would be another one. I could put. I could have him next time put you know the drip bag or whatever it's called. You know, IV, the IV or whatever. It is. That 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 would make just as much sense as some of these others. Uh, okay. Anybody else put anything else? Yes.
0: I'm thinking of the arrow going up. Um, our church went through a bad split, um, and we are new to the church. Um, and there's WMU there, and they do some things. They haven't had like a women's Bible study in like three years. Okay. So it really feels like a new church is what it really feels Uh like. sure, it is. New pastor. He's only been there a year. The church is finally out of debt just in that one year because they were in real extreme debt. And I see it's going to go somewhere. Okay. um I just think the ladies are afraid of getting hurt because that church can hurt. Mm-hmm. So many times, so I just think they're scared right. to take steps, involvement
1: and, and stuff. Yeah. I really,
0: I really feel that way. Yeah. yeah, and there's and there's a lot of seasoned women in there,
1: mm-hmm. not
0: um, a lot of younger ladies. Okay. So I'm hoping to see more younger come in, mm-hmm. so right. the season can be really open younger.
1: door can lead to yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so
0: right. Uh, a little bit of you know several several yeah, several. You know. yeah
1: several. that's right that's good mm-hmm. anybody else.
0: I chose the question mark because I'm in a church that's just been in existence for a little over a year and so and we kind of didn't want to do things just the way
1: everything's always been done we kind of mm-hmm. want to see you know how does that work with our church mission and in, which is reaching people mm-hmm. um, but um, I'm excited because um, that's the heartbeat wow. of the church right yeah well, that's good that's good anything else anybody else you saw where we had, in quotation marks, the dot, dot, dot. I led this conference one time. I didn't have that on there. And a young woman said, well, our group is just kind of dot, dot, dot. I just don't quite know what's going to happen. And I thought, well, that, and all of us, to some extent, we ought to be open enough that there's room for change. And that would be the dot, dot, dot. I really like that. That's why I, I added that in there. So uh, we're, we've all been members of a group that probably would fit a lot of these. Uh, over over time uh, and so uh, uh, this morning the purpose of this of this uh, time together our, our workshop together is to uh, understand what groups how groups function, uh, understand get to know what what dynamics work in a group what makes a group you know, Sizzle or or life support, whatever. Uh, And so we're going to focus on those things because I think as leaders and as members of groups, uh, we need to to help our groups be the very best they can. Uh, Be exciting, and particularly if we're thinking of involving women in missions and or, of course, ministry, then then it's got to be something that they want to join. Uh, You're not going to force any woman in your church uh, or in the community to join a group if she doesn't want to. Uh, we're all independent enough that we're not going to be, we're not going to be, you know, cowered into into joining something uh, that that we're not that we're not interested in. Uh, my mother and father, in their later years of ministry, uh, after my father retired, about the third time he retired, uh, they decided that they could they could help small churches whose finances were either in shambles or non-existent, uh, and who couldn't pay a young man, a younger man. Uh, they were in their late 60s, and so they began to pastor a variety of churches. My father would start out as a supply. They would call him as an interim, and then pretty soon he was the, he was the, the lead pastor. Uh, he was the only, the only staff. I mean, there weren't even church secretaries in these little situations. And so because my mother had always been involved in missions, Uh, It kind of fell to her, and my father totally approved that she would head up what women did in missions and in ministry. And uh, they moved to a a small uh, community in Southern California, Uh, and this particular church had fallen on hard times, like some of you have talked about yours. And um, there were no children, because children might spill Kool-Aid on the carpet,
2: so there were no children. (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm. And my father has always loved, always loved children. And, and so that, things began to change rather quickly. Uh, and attitudes began to change. And so my mother just began having uh, a missions meeting every month. Uh, she, no one would take apart, quote. Uh, no one, they would bring a, a salad. So she said, okay, would you bring the salad? They would bring a salad. In, in the middle of all of that, she came to get to know Margaret. Now, Margaret didn't learn to read until she was 45. Mm-hmm. She'd been illiterate most of her life. And she, that's when she became a believer. And she said, God taught me how to read because I wanted to read his words so much. So she learned to read, reading the Bible. Uh, now, your idea of reading and my idea of reading and what happened with Margaret is two different things. Uh, because Margaret probably read about, I would say, the times I heard her read. Uh, maybe maybe third grade probably second second third grade level and so she came to the missions group she was retired by that time uh, she lived in a uh, not in a mobile home park but in a trailer park you know the difference she's in a trailer park Uh, I was only I picked her up one time She, she had a little clunker car that she drove she, I, don't, I don't know how she bought food. She wasn't on, on assistance at all, but there was just not much money. Faithfully gave to the church. Faithfully attended. What did she bring to that group? She didn't bring financial support, that's for sure. She didn't bring any kind of education or know-how. No. My mother would ask her in Sunday school uh, a week ahead, Margaret, would you read this Bible verse? Margaret would work all week long learning to read that verse out loud. So Margaret didn't bring a lot of in you know, what we'd think of term uh, in terms of creativity or support. She was a prayer warrior though. And those were the days when Woman's missionary union was having, you know, mission weeks at Ridgecrest and, and at out in New Mexico. And so sometimes National WMU would ask me to lead and my mother would go along or they'd ask my mother to lead a conference and I'd go along. They got two for the price of one. It was a pretty neat thing. And so we had, we just loved doing that. We did missions together for years. And so one year they asked one of us to lead and the other one was going and Margaret found out about it. And so she asked my mother, she said, so when are you and Linda going? And my mother told her and she said, so when is your conference? And my mother told her, and she says, and so what what are you going to be teaching? And Mama told her. And she said, well, what time of day is that going to be? Well, you know, sometimes Mama didn't know all the answers to that. But anyway, she she gave her a time frame. Well, it's going to be Tuesday morning, whatever. She says, well, I just want you to know that if I can get down on my knees that day, I'll be praying for you and Linda as you lead. She brought a lot to that group. And the main thing, my main point is, it was okay for Margaret to be there. It was okay as part of that open door. Graphic. it was okay uh, Mama had Pearl in her missions group and in her Sunday school class uh, Pearl had had a pretty severe stroke uh, what, when she talked you couldn't understand her Okay. my mother also asked her to read a passage of scripture, a verse not a passage, but a verse and it irritated some of the women who didn't know Pearl because they thought, well why is she doing this well, my mother said, you just, you just bide your time <laughs> just don't be, don't be going there uh, and so she had, she had uh, Pearl. She had uh, Mary. Mary is a very brusque individual. She'd tell you how the cow ate the cabbage. Uh, and you didn't even have to ask her, she'd tell you. Uh, she wasn't a real popular person because she was very, very open, very brusque, uh, very uh, not aggressive. I wouldn't call her aggressive, but you, you knew where, where, where she stood, okay? Uh, and then there was Ona Bell. Now, Ona was uh, not handicapped per se, but she had health issues. Onabel was a warrior when it came to uh, projects like gathering canned food for for Thanksgiving baskets. And she said, I'd live a little more when I go in to see if they'll give me a good buy on green beans. (laughs) (laughs) Onabel was was something else. (laughs) And so that was my mother's group. Well, what made the group work? The leader had a lot to do with it. The leader's attitude, the leader's approach. Uh, my mother had probably never, to my knowledge, I don't think she'd sat, sat down and read a book on group dynamics. But she, from experience, uh, and because she cared about these women, she knew what would work what wouldn't work. And so that's how she approached group life with them. And as leaders, whether you're leading a missions group, uh, and I mentioned you will yep, last night leading in a, in a workplace situation or in your community or with a, with a project, some kind of maybe a tutoring, uh, English as a second language, maybe you're working in a feeding, hunger ministry, uh, anything, any area where you've got a group, then you need to pay attention to what should, what should go on. What will make that group grow? Uh, what will attract members? What might turn members away? So we're going to spend a few minutes uh, talking, about, talking about some of that. Um, what do you think, or how important do you think group, group dynamics are? I mean, group dynamics are there, OK? It's not like we insert group dynamics. They're, they're there because of the, of the women who are there, OK? Uh, but do you think it, it can determine your success rate? Sure can. Or your failure rate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe even your reputation. Uh, If you as a group leader make all the decisions, well, that's not healthy, is it? Uh, If nobody participates or has any input, that's not a healthy group. You're not not leading a a healthy group. And so group dynamics, we need to know something about them. Uh, There are some realities of groups today that you need to be aware of. I think because of your experience and what you said so far, I think you probably already know what some of these are. I'm just going to refresh your memory. First of all, most, uh, many, many, I won't say most, many of our groups are decreasing in numbers. Is that true?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a reality. We know it's a reality. We don't like it, but it's a reality, mm-hmm. okay? Um, they don't have any plan, these groups don't have any plan to enlist or no strategy to, to uh, enlist members and grow their group. Do you think that's true?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Unfortunately, yes. It is. We just kind of go along and go along. Go along and go along. Sometimes that's because of tradition. Sometimes it's because of uh, maybe lack of understanding on our part. Sometimes it's just too hard. And so, so we, don't, uh, we don't do it. Um, and then members are growing fe- not only fewer in number, but they're growing older. Is that true? Yeah, it is. Particularly when we're, when we're thinking about missionary organizations and groups. Uh, it's just, we don't like that, we don't like that reality. I don't like it that I'm, you know, 20 years older than I was 20 years ago. I don't particularly <laughs> like it. The alternative is better to be, than the alternative, uh, but, but, you know, we, we, we don't always age gracefully, and our groups don't age well, okay? Our groups don't age well, uh, and so we need that influx, like you were talking about, an influx of, of younger younger women, and, and we kind of bristle at that. Uh, you know, we just renovated, uh, I say we, they made the decision. My church. They made the decision to renovate our sanctuary, and I'm thinking, okay, it wasn't wild and woolly. We don't have wild and woolly leaders, but I was a little nervous. And so they took out some steps and leveled some things. That was okay. They added some woodwork. That was okay. They had fresh coat of paint. That's okay. And then, the first Sunday we were in there, I noticed there was no Lord's supper table and there's no pulpit. I'm thinking, what is this? Get a little bristly here. That's my age, see. Uh, and then the pastor announced, see, I'm taking a class under him during our Sunday school hour, and he said, oh, you're going to see two, two new pieces of furniture in the sanctuary again. I'm going, okay. We had a plexiglass pulpit. Not my choice, okay. We had a plexiglass pulpit. It was very nicely done. It was etched. And all this, and I'm thinking, now what's the next step? Wire? You know, I didn't know. Uh, and we went in, and I am just kind of going, I kind of stood at the back. So I thought, if I get really upset, it'd just be better if I leave rather than exude that. you know? And so I stood at the back, and two of the most beautiful crafted wooden pieces out of oak you have ever seen in your life. And I'm going, whoa, and a huge pulpit. I mean, I mean big. Because you know, they, they kind of shrunk, and you notice that they shrunk inside. And so I said something to one of the staff, one of the pastors, and he said, you know, we want to always know, we want all people to always know that God's word is preeminent here, and we feel like we stand behind this pulpit. This is where we proclaim God's word. <laughs> but see, what what would have happened if if it had been a wire one? Well, see, we have to we have to we have to curb what we what we say, how we how we react to things. I'm not saying that if it's wrong, if it had been a doctrinal issue, I'd have been the one standing maybe by myself. Okay, uh, but but when it's methodology. When we're dealing with groups, we need to do we need to do some things that will keep us current. I mean, how many of you have a smartphone or an iPhone or an Android or whatever they're called? Okay, don't we love them? Of course. Do you want to go back to the old? No. Who wants a flip phone now? I hope you don't have one. But I mean, you know, we don't want to, we don't want that, You know, we don't want to go backwards, do we? And so, uh, how many of us would, would want to give up? You know, our coffee makers, our Keurigs, or the, the that whiz bang panini maker. You know, we don't want to give those things up. But when it comes to things where we're in leadership roles, we're too slow sometimes to embrace some of the change. And I'm not talking about purpose. I'm not talking about bottom line in in winning people to, to eternal life. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about how we do that. Okay? And so you may not be able to go in the front door, but you can sure come in the back door. You can come in the stage door. Uh, whatever it is, uh, maybe you have to parachute in i don 't know but but there are ways that if we if we have an understanding of group dynamics and i 'm coming back to that then, then it 'll help us it 'll help us uh, grow healthier groups um, so here are some characteristics I mean here are some things about group dynamics that you need to know I think there are only four four of them okay very real simple first of all, we need to know that a group has stages. Uh, so when you start your new group in your, in your new church, like you were talking about, then, then you have to realize that that group is not going to just evolve overnight and everybody's in unity and everybody's loving on every, there. That, that happens over time. And there are different stages, okay? And so that's part of the group dynamic, where, where your group is in that formation stage. It's not a, it, it, We think, well, we started the group and... See, we have to follow. We have to follow up. So that's part of the part of the group dynamics. Uh, and and it sounds like that this permeates everything, and it does. Communication, communication is is a group dynamic that you cannot ignore. You have to communicate early. You have to communicate frequently. And as you uh, communicate and build trust and everything, you have to respect other people's time. Uh, and so. Uh, If I had one criticism probably of when when I was a younger woman and I was trying to find my way, which group I was going to join, which missions group I was going to be part of, uh, one one criticism that I might have had, that I probably did have, was that there was too much time spent on all this business. Now, I'm not saying business is not as important, but you can't take three-fourths of your allotted time for a business session and then tack on what you really want women to learn. Because you've already lost it, you know that? You do. And so, you know, maybe, maybe in your group you have a formal agenda, okay? Maybe you don't, you know, you're clueless what's going to happen. Well, that's not a good plan. You're, you're doomed right there. Uh, but but we, have to, we have to be aware of respecting each other's time. When you say our meeting is from 9 to 10, you mean you start at 9 and you end at 10. Uh, if, you want to, if you want to attract younger women, uh, to your group, whether it's during the day, okay? Then you're you're saying any working woman outside the home can't come. You got that right. Mm-hmm. Oh, we meet on Thursdays at 9:15. Uh-huh. And what about the other 70 percent? It's fine for you. That doesn't mean you can't meet during the day. But then that means you need to make a provision uh, for for working women, of it, of whatever age it is. Uh, and if you say you're gonna you're gonna meet a certain amount of time, then stick to that. Uh, younger women won't put up with what they feel like, particularly millennials, won't put up with what they feel or what they they perceive as a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if it's deciding whether to go to Harriet's or Joanne's or Gertrude's house uh, and you spend 15 or 20 minutes on that, that's probably not a good expenditure of your time. You're not not helping your group by doing that. So communication. All comes back to communication. Um, Leaders. How your leaders come. Does the group choose the leader? Does the, po- the pastor, if this is a church setting, does the pastor choose the leader? Uh, does the nominating committee come to the, come to your, your group leaders and say, you know, we'd like to, and you're elected by the church? Will that will that influence how your group functions? Sure it will. Because if someone else chooses, well, then maybe they don't choose well. Uh, or they choose someone that, that meets their agenda, but not what women need. So see that will uh, impact. That's part of a, a group dynamic is how the leaders evolve, how they're trained, uh, and how they're chosen, and then oh well, and then do they have, are they all hooked up on a title? Now you know I've been in some churches where you know you would you would you would say oh oh you lead no I am the and then I get the and that's fine that's fine but that'll 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 impact your group particularly with younger women. Okay, so think of it. see it's just all those things, all those dynamics uh, that come that come together. Um, another one is just the basic group itself. How does it function? Uh, is there is there a set way? I won't say tradition, but do you have a, a certain process? How you conduct your business? Do you do you vote on things? Is that is it formal? Is it informal? Uh, is your group is the group in the no, in the past known for conflict? I'll oh, get rid of that. Choose a new name. Do something. Start over. Um, it's, found, it's been found in surveys that people who are not members of a group, as they're choosing a group and they've been questioned, why, why did you choose that group to join? They said that it was something new and they were interested in being part of something new. So does that mean you need to reinvent your group? I'm not saying purpose. Don't, don't, don't even hear that because I'm not talking about purpose. Uh, or bottom line, so to speak. But I am talking about how we do things. So maybe every couple of years you need to kind of reinvent yourself. Uh, have, a new, have a new emphasis. Uh, is, is there anything really, really, really sacred about a name? What do you think? No. Not necessarily. I mean I have some preferences. You probably do too. But, but there, there, there may be, if the success of your group will stand or fall on what it's called because it doesn't attract someone, well, then maybe, maybe it's time to have another, have another emphasis. I would say they'll be upfront. Be upfront about it. Make sure that women who come know what your purpose is. It can't be a hidden agenda. Oh, you didn't know you were a member of? <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, maybe that's not anywhere anywhere near what they want to align with. That's just kind of like doing something in your community and joining and then finding out they're connected with somebody that you, you're horrified. Uh, and so we have to do our, our research, I might, you might say. Uh, and so all these things uh, impact uh, your, your dynamics in your group. If we pay attention to some of these things, we're going to learn some things about what works and what doesn't work. And why it works and why it doesn't work. Uh, Having a lot of knowledge is you know, you're not going to stand up there and spout off all, well, I know about group Dynamics. No, you're going to be probably a good listener. You're going to be a good observer, and you're going to see, oh, this is interesting. This, and you may say, this is not working. Uh, I was asked to uh, be the keynote speaker at a women's retreat for a local church. Uh, in Southern California several years ago. And they had they were going to a ranch that had been converted. Well, it wasn't a ranch, it was a house that had been converted. And it was rural, so that made it a ranch, for some reason. And so anyway, we went in, and uh, uh, there, there was it was strange. The, the whole setup was strange. They hadn't remodeled or anything, and so there were bedroom clusters here. But, you know, you know it was just kind of bizarre. And the, 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 the main room where I would be speaking was lined with old sofas I might add, old ratty sofas. I don't know how how Baptist can collect as many ratty sofas as we have. But anyway, they were all over, and which you know, you know, you get slouched down in one of those things, and you know, you're a non na land. So anyway, it was it was a real challenge. And the the team that I had met with several times, okay, as they were planning the retreat, they were very intentional, and they said one of our main goals for this retreat is for the younger women of our church to get to meet and to get to know the older women. Because there's a real gap.
2: True.
1: And I thought, yes, that's good. So they had a theme. I mean, they had, they had really prepared. Food was good, you know, all those things. Okay, so I got there early, as I usually usually try to do. And I was watching the women as they came in, you know, with their sleeping bags and stuff like that. they come in through the double front doors, and some of the bedrooms were over here, but most of them were on the other side of the house. And they come in, and three or four young women came in together, and they'd go one way, and two or three older women coming together, they'd go the other way. They didn't even room together. And I thought, oh, mercy. we got problems here. <laughs> and it wasn't that they didn't like each other. I mean, there wasn't any animosity. There's no hostility. There was no takeover, you know. But they weren't on the same wavelength. And nothing that weekend, from my viewpoint, okay, now maybe it bore fruit later on, but from my viewpoint that weekend, nothing brought those women together. They had a craft. Younger women sat here. Older women sat here. And I couldn't see that anybody wanted to even get to know, you know, grandma, whoever, you know. And I'm not talking, you know, women in their 80s and 90s and women in their late teens. I'm not, you know, there was an age gap. That was very obvious. But see, see, did that affect the group? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, And some advanced preparation had had been done, but I think maybe not enough. Maybe not enough. Uh, Maybe, the only thing I can hold out is that, that maybe, maybe, well I know that God can use that maybe he used it later I didn't see any fruit of it that weekend Uh, it was a stressful weekend it was one of those weekends that just kept on giving you know like my plane trip yesterday just kept on giving (laughs) giving. Uh, so as we start leading our groups we need to be aware we'll know what the challenges are won't we of course we will Uh, but we need to be aware of what some of these are. In advance, if you think that this particular topic or this particular ministry project you've chosen is gonna cause some dissension, be prepared for that. Think about what you could do to bridge a a gap in understanding or a gap in, well, uh, we don't wanna do this and this, and you guys over here say, well, yeah, this is a great idea, and half of the, you know. Be be aware that there could be some conflict. Uh, I served under a pastor Uh, he was a stable man, stable man. Oh, younger than me, I guess he was probably in his 40s. Uh, And um, he had such a way, he loved people. He was a stable guy. Uh, God called him to that church, he was going to stay, you know. Uh, And there came a time when we were going to, it was another sanctuary remodel. I don't know how I get involved in those. Uh, And uh, this was major. Nothing had been done since the church was built in the 60s. It needed to be done was a dark place uh, and so uh, instead of just saying here are the plans hope you like the colors <laughs> he began because we knew we had to raise the money. We wanted to do it debt-free we wanted to raise the money ahead of time smart thinking and uh, he began with uh, uh, forming a team advocates he talked to them about the value of this the need for it. the beautification project they called it. Uh, and you know, as far as I know, uh, there, were, there weren't any ripples because the people were behind it early on because he knew what the hot spots were going to be. And he knew who the leaders of those hot spots were going to be. And he was a smart enough man to go and talk to those people and say, Now, I know you're probably going to have some concerns. I mean, such a wise man. So wise. And as leaders of our groups, we need to be aware of some of those undercurrents. Does such and such? Does she always come? And you know she's been on the phone for twenty minutes before she comes with the other with her other friend, and they're sitting there judging. You know, we know things like that go on, okay? And it can really hamper what you're trying to do uh, as a leader. It can it can shackle you as a leader. But if you're aware and you're observant and you listen, then you can stop some of that uh, from from happening. So that's all part of knowing what's what's going on. Um, I think one thing that we need to do as leaders is, well, I'll start to say as, as much as we can. No, I, that's not even can't qualify. We need to be honest. Okay, we need to be honest. Um, if if you think this is gonna whatever it is you're proposing to do, or maybe it's a topic, that's a hot a hot topic. Uh, uh, Missions Mosaic, uh, if you're using that as a resource for like your missions information and all. uh, Missions Mosaic has taken a stand, have you not noticed that? I mean they've taken a stand on on, uh, stress disorder, they've taken a stand on human trafficking. And not all those stands are always important, I mean not important, uh, popular. And so there may be some topics that are presented, and some things that missionaries are doing that are kind of out of the realm of what we think a missionary would be doing. Well, they're preaching and, and giving shots and, and teaching somebody how to study the Bible. Well, yeah, they're doing all those things, but, but there's much more involved. Much more involved. Uh, and so we just need to be aware, but be honest. I think if, uh, if, if you're honest in your dealings with the people in your group, they're going to respect you for that. And it's going to it's going to be it's going to be better uh, in the long run for for your group. Um, how do you attract new members? Give me some ideas. What are some things you've done to attract new members of any age? Do you have do you have a strategy? Do you have a plan, or do you just kind of hope it help, happens?
0: Since um, we're new to the church, um, the way the ladies invite me to they have do, we have uh, WMU. They just like, hey, we're having a meeting. Why don't you, you should come have coffee. You shouldn't, you know, just, they're very just, hey, why don't you come and hang out? It's a great time. So it was very informal. Informal. So, and I was like, okay, well, I'll come check it out. So
1: You wanted to make new friends. I want
0: to make new friends. I want to know the women of the church and see what's going on, where they do, how to get involved, mm-hmm. things like that.
1: Okay. So being warm and welcoming. And
0: sometimes we're not always that way.
1: It's like, what do you mean you're sitting in her spot when they come in? But even when
0: I came, I mean, they're still, they already have formed their friendships, and yeah. I'm the new one coming the in. The newbie. Mm-hmm. And I'm still new, and I just told my husband, like, I don't really know where I'm fitting in at, so I'm still mm-hmm. trying to navigate that. See, what we need
1: to do when we have new people, when they do come in, we need to have a plan. Right. We, we grouse around about, oh, we can't get them to come in, and when they do come, we, can't, we don't do anything with them. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's a big miss. That's a big miss. What else have some of you done?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, in our group, um, we call ourselves Women of Worship. Okay. We actually break down groups. So we have Titus 2, which is our more seasoned women. Okay. They can be married or unmarried or widowed. We have our praying wives. Um, we have breaking free, people who may be in situations or coming out of situations. So we have LLB, um for our young women, our our Teenage and young, young adults. So what we are endeavoring to do is to address that breakdown by having a group that you can go to oh, but not know. saying that you have to go there because let's just say for instance you are breaking free but you want to be in um, Praying Wives. Oh. You, you're not mandated to go. Yeah. So what we do is we have like facilitators, at least two facilitators, sometimes three in each one of those groups. So that's one of the ways we're trying to make it so that yeah. um, and still open. And still open. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know she talked about facilitators. In other words, it's not just everybody does it, because what's that saying? If everybody does it, then nobody ends up doing it. Mm-hmm. You know? If it's no one's specific specific <coughs> responsibility, that's good. Anybody else? We probably, if we're gonna be honest, since we're talking about honesty, we probably could come up for uh, mention more ideas that did not work than sometimes ideas that do. Uh, we, we're just creatures of habit. And, and, and we're that way when we're in the church. We're creatures of habit. Like me in a, 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 you know, a plexiglass pulpit or a wood pulpit or a wire pulpit or whatever. As long as God's word is proclaimed, that's the main thing, right? But, but sometimes when we get into our groups, we, we get too comfortable. Uh, in our groups, and we don't we don't reach out. So when you're trying to enlist enlist uh, new members, it's real it's real important. Um, it used to be that if someone were looking for a group, there were there were like three things that attracted a person to a group. It was the it was the cause that attracted them. Uh, the leader was was charismatic uh, or authoritative or whatever word you want to put there. The leader was what uh, was the what attracted them. Uh, and then, then the um, loyalty that they felt to whatever the group was. They may, may, not, may not have been a member of that group, but they knew about that group and they were loyal to that group. And then when it merges into, into the Christian realm, uh, denominational loyalties were very important and people would join groups because of that. You left one, say you were a member of a Southern Baptist church in Tennessee and you moved to California and you joined another Southern Baptist church. You were looking for a women on mission or a Baptist women's group and you joined because, hey, that's what you did when you were where you were before. And by the way, that's what your mother did or your great aunt, whatever. Now then, does that, do those things still apply today? Can the attraction of the cause be be why someone joins a group, yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, we send out personal invitations.
1: Yeah, okay, there, or yeah, that's, that's...
0: Mailing, i
1: Uh-huh, okay, mailing. Mailing or handing something oh, out.
0: Or hand it. Word to word, I mean, mouth to mouth, face to face. It yeah. what, personal, when you do things personal, like
1: that. Personal, that's and right, that's right.
0: That's thought right. of me, Right. Mm-hmm. But the younger generation, too, if they're waiting around, um, what's the next best offer? Most that's right. Society. That's right. Well, I'll hold that's this, and if don't. it's yeah, that's why they want R S D P because well, something else, something better might come up. Mm-hmm. That's
1: right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Then the next new best thing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. Uh, so sometimes, what about today? Do leaders attract people still?
0: Yeah. yeah the groups they do. Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe not quite as much because with particularly our younger generation, Gen Xers, they don't they didn't think too much of leaders think too much of authority. That's changed a little bit. Millennials, uh, if you make it worth my time and you're genuine and I see you living a consistent life, okay, I'll listen to you. That's true. If I don't see that, nope, not doing it. Uh, what about uh, institutional loyalties? Because your mom did it, because your aunt did it, because it's always happened in your church. Not so much. And denominational loyalty? Boom, down. That's way down. Like That's in J.D. Greer's church, when he became president of the Southern Baptist Convention, a lot of people in his church didn't know they were Southern Baptist. That's right. That's right. So so see, we we're we're participating in a in a in a revival of I guess Southern Baptist missions in our church. Uh, we have no no age-level organizations at all. Kills me. Kills me. But they asked me to serve on the mission team, and I thought, "Eh, that'll give me a platform and a voice. And so we began a four-week emphasis for Lottie Moon. We started with Lottie Moon last year and Annie Armstrong. And then we have a a summer offering that we call the Antioch Offering, and that's what funds our our mission trips and uh, local ministries and stuff. Uh, And so when it came time to talk about Lottie Moon, the, the leader, who's our, uh, our associational director, turned to me and he said, Linda, you are the logical person to introduce Lottie Moon to the congregation, because as you do realize they don't know who she was. Isn't that sad?
0: Now, we sad. have that problem. Our church is so diverse. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So see, see, that's going to impact our what, groups. They don't know what IBM stands oh, for. Oh no, no, no. Or IMB stands mm. for. They have no clue. We, we say, say NAMM, they're going to go. What? what the cooperative program was. Yes. That's, that's right. That, right. That. And, they, and they've been in Baptist church. So see, see,
1: when we say come because we're going to we're going to study about Long moon, they're going what? So what? What's that? You know, and you talk about the Baltimore mission starting with Annie Armstrong, and they go, who's she? You got to educate. Yes, and that's why it's called missions education, right? But, but all of what I'm trying to say it's is, not how we do, do it, it, but the right. fact that we need to do it, okay? And it will impact our groups. If you're seeking to build, particularly like in new churches and things, where there's no frame of reference... No strong background or no loyalties, perhaps. You'll have, mm-hmm. I mean, you may have a pastor who, who's never been a pastor of a Southern Baptist church before. Mm-hmm. Perish the thought, but it does happen.
0: We have okay. 16 nations in our church.
1: Now. 16. Florida. See, look at that. So, so they've got an an- another dimension. You put culture on top of that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> what a challenge we have. In our, in our society today. Okay, so those are groups. So, I want to take the word alive. I chose the word women alive. I chose that title intention. I want to take the word alive and take each letter and, and, and when we're thinking about groups now, remember we're, we're, talking, we're talking about groups. So the A, I want to stand for alert. And I'm, by this I mean be alert to the women, their needs, and their interests. Do you think that's important? yes it is can you hit all the interests and all the needs in every meeting of course not but if you're aware of them then maybe she's there and you're not addressing it and you happen to know that that woman's missionary new union new hope someone has put out a new piece and you think it'll help her in her current life situation maybe it's a bible a bible study uh, I have a, a friend at Starbucks um, I met her about it hasn't been a year yet uh, she came in and sat down next to me, and I'm there a lot, because I, I work at Starbucks. And, and uh, we introduced ourselves and started talking. we become friends. And she's on our Facebook, uh, not Facebook, uh, we have a text group. It's our SB text group. And uh, so uh, if one of us is going to be gone, like I'm gone here, they know where I am. Of course, I use that as an opportunity. They also know about these conferences. I mean, they know the content of these conferences. They've been captive audiences. They sit there and drink their coffee. I tell them about women alive, you know, and and none none of them were believers. None none of them, as far as I know, and uh, and so uh, Elizabeth uh, uh, made some comments someday. One day, she was raised Catholic. Doesn't I don't know how many years it's been since she went to church. Uh, her husband's whole family was Catholic. She was one of nine children. No, he was one of nine children. She was one of seven or eight. And um, no, no spiritual framework whatsoever. Uh, and so I was in California, uh, visiting an ill relative, and I was in one of these oh place that women love. You know, like the far- It was called the Farmer's Wife. Can you picture it? Rustic, shabby chic. You know, it was oh so much fun. And uh, uh, my husband stayed at Starbucks, by the way. And so anyway, I went in and I saw some devotional books that they had, and. Um, I saw one, it was a small square, one hardbound, and it had a cup of coffee on it with that. You know how they can, they can put a toothpick through it and it'll make a heart shape and, you know, mm-hmm. in the foam, all that. And so I thought, you know, this would be perfect for Elizabeth. And I leafed through it a little. I didn't read it, but I leafed through it. And it was uh, probably a month-long little devotions each day with a scripture passage. And I thought, this is a way that I can get her into God's Word maybe. And so I, I didn't even wrap it up, took the price tag off and took it to her. And uh, she said, oh, you thought I'd given her a hundred dollars. And uh, so she said, well, thank you. And so she came back. Uh, it missed a couple of days and she came in and she said, can I sit here next to you? You know how Starbucks will have those little square tables? Oh, this side is the soft seating and that's the hard seating." <laughs> she came in, said, can I sit across from you? And I said, sure. <laughs> and she said, well, she said, I did something yesterday. I said, oh, and she said, I found a quiet spot. Well, obviously it wasn't Starbucks. And she said, I found a quiet spot, and I read the entire book that she gave me. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't mean for her to do it that way, but that's OK. <laughs> and she said, and I have questions. She pulled out her notepad. She had written those questions down. Now, I met that need, but probably her need would never have been met in a group. Okay? But the fact that I was aware of it enabled me then to minister to her. Okay? Uh, and so, so that's what we have to pay attention to in our groups. And that's what we have to be alert to. That's why I think the A uh, is very important. The, the L is, goes without saying. What do you think it stands for?
2: Love, Love or
1: loving. Yeah, right. Uh, we have to really care. And you can't blow hot and cold on that. You can't be so busy one week that you don't have time for anybody. Uh, and then the next, the next week, when you meet, you can't just be all lovey-dovey, you know, uh, and wanting them to come. They've got to know that somebody cares. That's that's what's that's what's critical. So that's the L. The I is innovative. How important is being innovative? Well, it's just pretty important. Uh, I was reviewing Pinterest this morning when I was uh, waiting to check out the. Of the hotel, and I try to do that once a day. Sometimes I get caught up; I'll do it twice a day because I find so many good ideas. Ideas are all around us. We just have to determine we're not going to be too lazy to try some of them. And that's what that's what we need to do when we're when we're trying to be uh, innovative. Does it take work?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: it takes work. Um, and if you're in a church group and you're thinking about missions group, well, then yeah that takes work too. But we have to be innovative. We have to present things in a different way. We have to create different atmospheres. My mother was a master at creating an interview, I mean uh, an environment where she would transport women from where they lived, wherever it was, into Thailand or into Africa. Mm -hmm. I I watched her make paper snakes. (laughs) She made safari campfires. She had women dress in, in uh, Japanese uh, costumes and uh, she couldn't, couldn't figure out how to, how to do, uh, cook something. So she got the hibachi. You remember the hibachis? Mm-hmm. Hibachi. She got a bunch of hibachis and cooked little pieces of meat on the uh, you know, hibachis. Uh, the mission's focus for one month was about homeless people. So she invited women to come and she got there way early and she created a cardboard shack. Mm -hmm. and she dressed as if she was homeless and she was asleep on the cardboard floor when all the women started arriving. And she waited until everybody got there and they sat down and they didn't know what was going on and then she pretended like she woke up and she had a dream and she presented the the, inf- the mission's information. She was a master at creating and transporting women into another culture or into another setting. Was that innovative? Yeah, she was pretty, pretty much. A, and she did that with no computers. She did that with no, no g- graphic generation, you know, poster board, you know, whatever, uh, and crepe paper. But I can remember some of the, I can see those, I can see those settings in my mind even today even though it's probably been, well, it's been years and years. Uh, and so we have, to, we have to determine, as leaders of groups, if we want to be women alive and being alert and being loving, part of that that eye has got to be innovative. Um, and, and there's no, you don't have to come up with these ideas yourself. Do you know that? I found today how to make little girls' crowns out of doilies. Ooh, check it out on Pinterest. really two different sized doilies and a strip of paper is all you need a little bit of coloring and you make these little crown tiaras they're wonderful Uh, and I don't know how I'll use that I'm not quite sure but uh, but I saved it I pinned it and uh, I'll go back to it I've got a whole bunch of folders or whatever they're called bulletin boards whatever they are Uh, and so uh, I'll I'll be able to retrieve it but we have we have to do things like that to keep our missions is too exciting to make it boring to make a whole hum. Uh, I'll tell you about a real life example. My mother moved to a new church. She was a new member. The pastor's wife, they had an elevator and she was in the elevator. The pastor's wife joined her and she said, oh Ms. Bell, she knew her. And she said, uh, we have a, a, a missions meeting and she told her when it was going to be coming up. We'd just love to have you come. Come and be bored with us. That's a quote. That's a quote. And my mother said, "So when she told me about." It, I said, well, "What?" She says, "I went and I was." <laughs> <laughs> and in a period of about three months, guess who was leaving the mission? <laughs> my mother. They weren't boring after that. Uh, and it takes time. Okay, you can't get around it. It takes work. It takes effort, uh, but it's worth it's worthwhile. What I want to do in this sack, there are some little bottles, the corks, and there are some little pieces of yellow paper, strips of paper. I want you each to take one, and this will probably be the most challenging thing you do all day long. It'll be even more challenging than than Atlanta Atlanta, uh, traffic going home. You'll have to take your pen very carefully because they're little tiny pieces. And I want you to write down in, you're not going to be able to be very, very verbal there, uh, the best idea that you've ever used, okay? And then on the other side of it, I want you to write your email address if you're willing for someone to email you and get more information, okay? And then I want you to fold that up very, very carefully and poke it in that little jar, that little glass, and put the cork on it. And then I want you to give it to someone that you don't know in here. Mm -hmm. I want you to trade new ideas. So I'm going to give you about five minutes to do that. As soon as it comes around. The
2: best idea you've ever (laughs) (laughs)
1: used. Okay, alright, so. My point of all this is we just have to yeah. sit down. And I was telling Beth on the way, I saw something on Pinterest and on the way here to the church this morning. It was, a, it was a notice of a new book that's been published, and it's called Life in a Box. And it just looked interesting. I think it's fiction. I couldn't find a review. It said reviews, blah, blah, blah. and I couldn't find any review. Uh, so I know nothing about the book. Okay, it could be a terrible book, <laughs> it could have awful language in it, I don't know. Uh, but the scene on the front was a scene of sand with a, uh, I don't know, palm trees or something, and then right in the middle of the sand is a small red rat with a Red Bull gift, little box. Mm-hmm. And it just intrigued me. So I told her, I'm thinking about how can I use that as a conference title? Life in a Box. See, that's what we have to do. That's what I mean by being innovative. Think outside that box. You're your mother's daughter. Oh, yeah, I, did. I, didn't have too, I didn't have too much choice. <laughs> she started on me when I was about three. three <laughs> about three. About three. So, uh, so any anyway, rate, that's the that's the uh, that's the uh, the I. The V you could guess stands for when we're talking about variety. Okay, mm-hmm. variety. Um, and and I don't mean not only very how you know. Do you do you want a missionary speaker every time? No. I mean, we're talking about a missions group, maybe. Uh, do you want to just present straight missions information every time? Absolutely not. I mean, you don't include it. But how do you how do you include it? Okay. Uh, do you necessarily have to meet at the same place all the time? Do you always have to meet at the church? No. Uh, could you meet at the, in in a back room of a restaurant? Yes. Jen. Could you meet in a park? I said, "Do you have beach here?" Yeah, you have. You, you can be, you know, Indiana. We're 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 landlocked. <laughs> can't get to a beach. Uh, but uh, uh, there's a variety of things. It, does it? Attack, I mean, can you connect it anyway with the location? Uh, if you have, if, if your your program or your emphasis or whatever it is, your project uh, has something to do with uh, uh, with homeless, maybe it's time to get in the church van or multiple cars. Have a list of questions and tour the inner city get a real picture of what's going on. Why is this need so much? Why do we even why are we learning about this in, in a missions group? Well, see, we need to be able to connect it. That's what I'm talking about. So your meeting times may vary. If you you feel like you can only have one women's group in your church, and it's everything, it's a combination of missions and ministry, and it's for working women and women who stay at home, and homeschoolers and everything, then you need to vary your time so that everybody can at least make a choice sometimes to be there. Now, if they choose not to come, you're you're you you don't have any any control over that. But if you only have it when they can't come, then that's not right. That's not fair. Okay, uh, and so mer- vary your meeting times and your and your places and and your and your presentations the way you present them. Let me give you some pointers about when you come together for a meeting. Even the term meeting is not a good term. I I, I don't know event. Not everything is an event. Uh, and so gathering is a little more user-friendly. Mm-hmm. Gathering is a good thing. So, so call it your, your women's gathering, whatever. Uh, I would suggest that every event you you have, not event, but maybe even, even your gatherings, uh, have a theme. Uh, I don't mean make it an event necessarily, but show that some intentionality and some strategy and some creativity has gone into this. It may be your monthly meeting.
0: One thing that um, the ladies, they do is they've started with an alphabet and hmm. last, it was R last month. And you bring a dish, anything that starts with an R, anything. Doesn't matter what it is, just to starts with an R. Mm-hmm. Fun! I anything. Mean, yeah. We had Q and I was like, Q. I was like, okay, queso dip or, um, yeah, you know, Q- stuff like Q- that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's something. Guys thing. Grocery Games does it. I'm like, well, so <laughs> we get to X and. But that, that see? That is it see
1: that keeps it? See what is it? What does that do? Now, did not we all connect to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It doesn't
0: matter if i be fancy. Somebody one time brought peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. I mean, because you know it
1: was just it was peanut butter and jelly
0: sandwiches on loaf bread. It
1: wasn't nothing special. Yeah, I went home and had one of those last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent idea! I love that. Yeah. I love that. I hope she put that down, or you wrote it down. Now, write that down. 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 <laughs> that's a that's that's a winner, and that's what that's what I that's what I'm talking about. And so, probably meeting is not particularly if you're working with you have millennials that you're trying to enlist. Meeting is probably not the the best word, and I know we throw it about. And to me, it's just second nature. And I don't have a negative connotation about a meeting, but many younger people do because they think what they, they think those extended business sessions where those women just went on and on, if they've even gone once. Okay, and so, so those, that's something to remember uh, about a meeting. Uh, get as many to participate as you can. And that's what your alphabet food is doing. Uh, some women might come just, just to see who brings what cue. <laughs> you know? See? And so, so it's a way of getting them there. Uh, if, you could, if you can do whatever it is you need to do with one woman, Use three,
0: and you have to give grace to like some of the ladies. They might bring one lady. She works, and she doesn't. She literally gets her parking come straight there, so she'll go to Little Caesars Pizza. It has
1: nothing to do with the alphabet, but she wants to bring something, so she'll pick up a pizza and just bring a pizza. Yeah. that's right. That's okay. And do you say it. anything? No, you say, no. "Oh, I'm so glad someone glad brought glad pizza." <laughs> that's right. That's right. right. Yeah, special Q night. Or Z or <right>? X. <laughs> <laughs> every meet a meeting. See, I'm using it again. every 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 time you get together. Okay, there there needs to be you need to have a purpose. Not I'm not. And I'm talking beyond your your. Bottom line purpose, okay, as, a, as an organization. But you need to have a purpose. There needs to be some teachable moments there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can take issue with a group that just gets together and they leave just feeling good. What did you learn? Uh, ha- has it motivated you to grow spiritually? Well, no, we just kind of got together and loved on each other. That's good. Mm-hmm. And... I, I guess I'm real purpose-driven. Well, I don't guess I am. I'm purpose-driven, and so I think there needs to be those teachable moments. They need to take one nugget of something, whether it's a Bible verse they've never read before, whether it's a uh, it's a, a, a spiritual growth component or key to a better uh, being a better wife or being a better mother. Uh, and how do I how do I teach my children about the world or whatever it is. Uh, they need to be able to take something away that applies to them, that they can apply. That's a big, big thing. Uh, I'm, I'm he- real heavy on, on uh, application. Uh, I, don't, I don't like to sit through a Bible study and then it just ends. I want, them, I want the teacher or somebody to discuss or to show me now then what differences it's going to make in your, in your life. Uh, and so I think that's really important with our, with our gatherings. Uh, Include humor, have some enjoyment, some fellowship, some laughter. uh, And then I'll harp on it again, don't spend too much time on reporting and businesses and stuff like that. Keep that to a minimum. Maybe maybe sometime instead of having verbal reports, you can put it in a real cute flyer. What happened this month? Instead of having four women get up and they have three minutes each and they each take seven minutes. Mm. (laughs) Uh, We've all been there and done that. let me think. I had some clues about nah, nah, about getting women to come. Food was, was one that I listed, so that that's that's good. Okay, now I didn't forget the last letter. The last letter is E, and it stands for evangelism or evangelistic. That needs to be a component, uh, particularly in our in our missions groups. Um, there are limitless ways we know. All we have to do is open our eyes, and we'll see ministry opportunities. There should never be a time when your group says, you know, we've we've just done it all. I, I, we just we're just we're looking around. <laughs> well, open your eyes and look around because there are all kinds of things there I uh, met a young woman, uh, she was in her early 30's, lived in Sacramento and she worked somewhere downtown well you know it's just, downtown Sacramento is like downtown Indianapolis, it's like downtown Atlanta there's always that inner city component with homeless people, people living on the streets and she noticed this most, every day practically as she went back and forth uh, to, to work and so she went home one day She'd really God had really burdened her and she went home and she told the kids, she says, we, we need to do something as a family. So on Saturday morning, she was off every Saturday and every Sunday, she said, we're going to make sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly mm-hmm. sandwiches. And we're going to take our card table with us. And I, I chose, I, I think, a good corner. And uh, they took, I'm assuming, she took some kind of witnessing flyers or leaflets or something. And so they did it, and the first time they did it, I mean, they would just, you know. I mean, they didn't, they, they didn't publicize. They didn't have anybody, any way to do that. All I had to do was just set it up, and they came. So she began doing this, and they did it every single Saturday, and, uh, which tells me she probably didn't have teenagers, uh, but uh, because they would have been at soccer and everything else. And So here's another example of how we have to adjust as we go along. Well, someone in the church heard what she was doing, and they said, well, I'd like to help. Now, they weren't talking about helping her make the sandwiches, but they gave her money. And she could buy bologna now and mayonnaise. So she made bologna sandwiches and pea buddy, and jays and started, continued to deliver them. Well, other, the word spread about the ministry and other people in the church heard about it. And they said, well, look. Can't we get involved in that? And she says, well, what were you thinking? They said, well, let's make more sandwiches. And she said, I can't make any more. The kids and I can't do any more. And they said, bring all the stuff down to the church Saturday morning, and we'll do it, and then we'll help you deliver them. So the PB&J Society began to grow. (laughs) And then pretty soon, the people who were working on Saturday says, well, you know, different agencies and things are not open on Sunday. We should do this on Sunday, too. And she said, remember, we do have church... Bible study on Sunday morning, well, we'll just come early. So they came early and would deliver. Different people took turns delivering those. One woman, one woman, that's what she could do. And I got to participate in that one time. We had a women's meeting at that church, women's gathering at that church. And um, we got to go in and help make the sandwiches. What an assembly line. We made 400 sandwiches in about 30 minutes. I mean, it was, it was just insane. Slap the bread and, here's the bread. Slap the you know, I mean, it was, just, it was something else. And put them in the Ziploc bags and, and you know, that type of thing. It was, it was, oh, it was so exciting because I'd heard the story, you know. could I tell you that woman's name? No. I don't even think I'd recognize her now. She was tall and she was blonde. All I could, I could say. Uh, but it, it showed what we could do in ministry. There are all kinds of things that are just waiting. She saw a need, and she did it. Now, could have a group of women done that? Absolutely. Ended up, men and women, in the church did that. And so that part of being evangelistic, why did I give Elizabeth that little, that little coffee-oriented devotion book so I could share Christ? And I know she got the gospel message. Roger is a real good friend of mine. He's a retired educator. Uh, he's working on a book. He's been working on it 11 years now, and that was way before I met him. And he, he has asked me, I've edit, helped him edit his book twice. He's still not done. I asked him day before yesterday, Roger, what are you working on? Oh, I've just thought of a new idea, I need to put it. Well, is that another editor now? That editor is not going to be happy when he gets that insert. Uh, but uh, he, has, he has seen me working on conferences, and uh, he's seen some of the WMU materials. And he's very captured by anything that meets human needs. And so I think that that has been a real witnessing point for me, to be able to tell him what women's groups. And he said, are there more than, more, more than the group like this you're telling, are, are there more women doing this? I said, Roger, women all over the world are trying to meet needs. Uh, through, and it's a part of their group. It's part of the DNA uh, of their group. And so I think that that's a that that's a real important thing for us. Um, let's see. I got to the to the end of that. Yes. Now I have a word for you. The first letter of the word is W. And it stands for work. <laughs> There's just no way to 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 escape it. What does that mean? It means you have to plan. It means you have to have a strategy. Uh, it means you need to enlist someone to work with you, to take that journey with you. Uh, you have to develop not a, not only a strategy for what you want to do, but how you want to do it, uh, how to grow your group, and so that W for work. Uh, the second letter is O, and it stands for open. Um, open to new ideas, you think? Mm-hmm open to new methods, yeah, open to new, new opportunities. Let's, let's embrace technology. Um, I, I kind of got on a, I do some editing for National WMU and I, I can say this because I don't know who wrote it, okay? Someone wrote a series, a series of kind of how to, how to do kind of a feature, a missionary feature and every month for like six months, it was, a, and I knew it was the same writer. I just didn't know who, and that's fine. I don't, I don't, I don't want to know, okay? But she used a map and pinning a location on a map. Excuse me. Ask them to get out their cell phones and look it up, or put it on an iPad or something. Don't necessarily. I'm not saying we should never use maps because I like maps too. But there are so many other ways that would connect with younger women. Now, I didn't say anything in my editing, but later on I did. I said, do we always have to have maps and pins and yarn? Because that's an old method, okay? It's like if I go in and, and, and I start using flannel graph." you even know what flannel graph is? Now, see, see, see. And I say, today we're going to do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do a visual with a flannel board. And she's going to go, what? And then I get these little things out made out of felt and I stick them. No, we probably wouldn't do that. So let's not do that in our groups. That's what I'm saying. Let's be progressive. If you don't know and don't have any computer abilities or tech tech aptitude, find a 15-year-old. I can go to my 13-year-old grandson and say, Ian. Ian. Yeah. I cannot work this on my phone." He
0: said, like, oh, no problem, Granny. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
1: Now, the 17-year-old, even though she's a millennial, she, she's, a, she's her own, you know, everybody's their own person, right? And, and Ashlyn doesn't really care too much about technology. So I don't ask her the tech questions. I ask either Ian or his older brother, Luke. Uh, and so there's someone that you know who can put, who can do what you want done, okay? Uh, and so, so let's embrace some of those things. And so, be open, be open. And then, the then the last W stands for worth. We've talked all around it, but is doing this and leading women is it is it worthwhile? When you see a woman grow spiritually, and then understand this is what God wants me to do, He's revealed it to me. Isn't that there's no there's no better high than that. Or a woman who is from your neighborhood and she comes to the meetings and she becomes friend, makes friends and she comes to the Lord. Is it worth it? Yeah, I think so. Or you have a young couple uh, called out uh, to full-time, say missionary service or full-time ministry. Is it worth it? Yeah, Because you planted the seeds. you helped them grow. A uh, lot of work. You have to be open, and so what does that word spell? Wow! Wow! Yes, 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 yes. So, so that's got to be that's got to be the, the purpose of uh, what we're doing, and that's why it's so important. Um, I know we can come up with a lot of ter- terminology, and but such an important part of what we do uh, in our women's groups, whether they're ministry oriented, and now we're speaking in the Christian realm, okay, or whether they're missions missions focused. Uh, it's an education process. Someone mentioned that early. It's just ed- it's, it's education, and we can do that. People even shy away from education, that word. But but it's teaching them. Teaching is still an acceptable word. Okay, so I guess we can use that. Uh, I heard last weekend I was at a state missions event. We call it missions lifeline. It's not flatline yet. <laughs> it's not on life support. There've been a couple of years I thought maybe it was going to have to go on life support. Uh, but uh, we try and make it very. Um, Appealing and very welcoming to pastors, to church planters, to children. We have a mini day camp, and Indiana is a small. It's a small structure, uh, and so we had some great missionaries there. Oh, we had some. All, all four of the missionaries were uh, serving in high security areas, so no photos. Uh, we one, one gal went through the whole weekend DS. I did find out her name was Diane. Uh, at least I think that was her real name. I don't even know whether that was her real name. Uh, and one one woman, I, I was given the privilege in a in a rally situation of interviewing the IMB missionaries. We had NAM missionaries there, but IMB. That's International Mission Board. Okay. And we're talking about you know we throw those things around, don't we? AAEO and LMCO and NAMB and people just going what? And and they're not sure they want to be part of it. Anyway. And so I asked her. I said, "What do you what do you wish someone had told you before, you know, early on to the field? What was what was a, And then I asked him, "What was a challenge?" And then I asked him for a prayer request. In, you know, as we moved along. And this young woman, I would say she's in her late 30s. Okay, they serve in Africa, in a very high security area, in a village, remote and i've forgotten how many hours it takes them to get to a city of any consequence and she said she said uh she was raised in a southern baptist church i mean i got that impression i'm sure that's what she meant and she said my church did not have missions education and she said when god called me and i finally learned what my opportunities were by that time i think she and her husband they had they had gotten married And she said, I realized, had my church taught me, I could have been on the mission field 10 years before I went. I've never heard a missionary say that. I've heard missionaries say, you know, our next generation is just around the corner from not being there if we fail to teach. But I never heard a missionary verbalize that. And it just cut me to the quick, I thought. We have got to hold the ropes on that and support our missionaries with our prayers uh, and with our giving. Yes, keep them there. Uh, but then teach. Teach our children. Teach our, teach our young people. God calls people of all ages, so it's not like we've got to stop when they turn 18. Uh, and so we all, you could all name people who were called to the mission field when they were in their 30s or maybe 40s. Uh, and now with the way our boards are set up, you know, it can be almost any age. Uh, and so as we, as we think about groups and what makes them alive, don't be don't be satisfied with uh, the open door work on keeping it open don't be satisfied with the dot 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 don't be satisfied with the question mark or some of these other symbols that we that we've had Um, maybe the 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 arrows going in different different decoration different (laughs) directions we could say that that was positive could also be negative in other words you're just going so Harry you know, scary that you don't even know theres see, it could be that. I' didn't, not reading that into your situation, but, but it could mean a lot of different things, could then. So we as leaders then, it comes down to us to be strategic and to plan uh, and to, uh, to look to look for help, resources. Pinterest I mentioned uh, online, uh, Women's Missionary Union puts out wonderful products. Fresh ideas is a is a great one. Faces in the crowd was written by a pastor's wife. In fact, she lived in Indiana, and uh, it's working with internationals. Being aware when you go into a hotel, many times it may be uh, Pakistanian or uh, India, you know, Indian, um, and, and just great stuff. And then one of my favorites is this: Across the Street Around the World. If you have if you haven't used uh, looked at that, that would be worth your money. That's well spent Uh, because they they, they do short. You have one day, here's what you can do. You have a half a day, here's what you can do. Uh, You have a week, we'll go on a trip. You know, all those different things. It's written by a a mother-daughter team. And uh, some good things. And I want to make sure you got the the, uh, WMU catalog. Uh, If it's been a while since you looked at the catalog, go through there and find something you're not familiar with. Splurge the $8 or $6.99 or $9.99, whatever it is, and order that. And then use the material. It might give you a whole new perspective on what could be on what could be done for your for your particular particular group. One of my favorite things to do online is to type in to um, um, well Bible Gateway or whatever it is. Just a subject. And I typed in, I don't remember what I typed in, group or leadership or something. And then it'll come up with Bible verses that pertain to that. You've done that too, I'm sure. Uh, and then I like to write down all the ones I like. And then I take those and I try and put them in order. Thought order. Okay? So here you go. You Ready? All right. And this is from Daniel and Colossians and Titus and Proverbs. So I put them all together. And I think, to me, it's logical. You see if you see a some, maybe maybe it's not logical to you. Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. Whatever you do, work heartily for the Lord, as for the Lord and not for men. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching show integrity, dignity. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent? Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings." I think that speaks to us as leaders. Uh, Aristotle had a saying, and I really like this, he said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, it's a habit. And I think that's, I think that's true. When, when we lead the way we should lead, lead under God's guidance, We're creative, all of these things we've talked about. And then someone looks at our group. We want them to see, ah, it's good this time. And the next time I go, it's going to be good. And the next time I go, it's going to be good. So it's consistent. It becomes a habit with us excellence uh, in leadership. So don't forget the pearls. And don't forget Margaret, the Margarets you may know in your life. Because they need to be in a group, too, as well as that CEO or that attorney. Uh, that rising physician or pediatrician, because we have women in all of those areas. And so what we need to do is appeal and attract all of them, because we need all of them. God's work needs all personalities, all ages, all walks of life and background. Because if we miss that, we're missing a, a something that's alive, something that's vital uh, to what we do. So I challenge you to uh, um, think hard about how you lead and about the group you're trying to build and make it as healthy as you possibly can. And then if you need another idea, when you get home, get the tweezers out and uh, (laughs) open your doors. (laughs) Thanks a lot. I appreciate you being here. Oh,
0: thank you. you.